The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. I encourage you to keep fighting the good fight of faith. You know, Jesus warned us that in the last days there would be nations rising against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. He said there would be famines and pestilence. And we're dealing with some real pestilences right now with COVID-19, all the various mutations. And now we got to deal with monkeypox. It was just reported yesterday that monkeypox was discovered in a daycare. And so we just need to be vigilant. Be, be prayerful and be careful. Let me say it again. Be prayerful and be careful. Amen. It, it, it looks like we're going to have one virus after another. Amen. But thank God for Jesus. Amen. T today, today in this service, we're calling this a voters education service. And we have with us Dr. Uh, Portia Rochelle, who's a real champion of social justice here in the Raleigh community. And we really appreciate all the good work that Dr. Rochelle has done in our community. And she's running for the city council. And uh, so we're going to give her an opportunity to speak to us and educate us on the issues before we end this service. Is that all right? Amen. 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 Now it's time for the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's get to it. Open your Bibles to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things that Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. This morning, I want to talk about putting first things first. Putting first things first. You know, oftentimes our lives are frustrated. Seems like our lives is just a ball of confusion. And, and, and sometimes the reason is we're just not emotionally and spiritually organized. When we get emotionally and spiritually organized, we will learn the value of putting first things first. Now, it's easy to lose sight of what's really important, especially when you're living hand to mouth. You're living from paycheck to paycheck. You have more month than money every month. And some of you, I know you get tired of going through that. Seems like the month is just too long. 
and your paycheck is just too short. How many hear what I'm saying? You're always juggling, juggling to pay this bill, to meet this obligation, just juggling. But here's some good news for us in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, some good news. The Lord is letting us know that people, money, material things, personal desires, or personal goals, he's showing us that all these things can compete for priority in our lives. And some of you might know what I'm talking about. I know that as a pastor, people's always committed, people and organizations always, you know, competing for my time. And so I have to have my priorities in order to know how to put first things first. Amen? Otherwise, I end up forsaking some important priority, and then I'll be confused. I'll be frustrated. But people got away, money got away, material things, even your personal goals and your personal desires. These things all compete for priority in your life. And if you're not careful, any of these things can bump God out of first place. They can bump God out of first place if you don't actively choose to make God first in every area of your life. This has to be a conscious decision. It doesn't happen by osmosis. You got to decide as an act of your will that I'm going to put God first. Otherwise, all these other priorities competing for your time and your attention, they'll have a tendency to bump God right out of first place. Amen? But Jesus taught us here in his Sermon on the Mount, he taught us that if we put God's interests first, then God would guarantee to meet all of our needs. So what is putting first things first? I need you to listen to me. This word first is a word of priority. And here Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says, all these things shall be added unto you. So what does it mean to put something first? Well, you got to put them first in time. You got to put them first in place. First in order, first in importance. Is God first in time in your life? You know, all of us have the same amount of time. We have 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, and I believe 680 hours in a week. We all get the same time. But have you put God first with respect to time? Now, I don't expect everybody to do what I do, but my discipline is, Now I haven't always been this way, but I matured and grew into this years ago. My discipline is to spend time with God every awakening day. Hmm? I go in my prayer closet, which is my office, and shut the door, and I talk to God. I want to give him first place when it comes to time. Maybe you can't do that. But somehow, some way, during the day, you got to take some time and give God some time. Take time to give God time. Is God first in place? Is he your first priority and final authority? 
Do you look to God when you're faced with a situation, faced with a problem? Are you giving him his rightful place? Or is God just an afterthought? Is God in order in your life? And is your life in order according to God? What's really important? What's really important? I'm going to tell you what's really important in your life. It's the things you give your time and attention to. You really want to know what's important in your life? Look at your checkbook register. You see, where your attention goes, that's where your power flows. So is, is God really first in importance in your life? So the Lord said, seek first the kingdom. In other words, put first things first. So are your priorities in order? The only way you can put first things first is to have your priorities in order. And this is what hurt a lot of people from being more productive in their life, more successful in their lives. Their priorities are all out, all out of whack. When your priorities are in order, listen to me, when your priorities are in order, God is number one. Let me say it. God is number one. But don't confuse that with church. Don't confuse that with ministry. When I say God is number one, I am saying God is number one in a relational way in your life. You acknowledge him, number one. You communicate with him, which is prayer. Come on. You emulate him. You do everything you believe that pleases him. That makes God number one in your life. See, there's a lot of folk that stop going to church, but it doesn't mean they stop living for God. Don't get it twisted. There's a lot of folk don't, don't, don't come to church, but God is still number one in their lives. You see? And see, a lot of us, we have conflated coming to church with God being number one in our life. No. God is God all by himself. And he don't want you to have any other God before him, even the idol of church. So God has to be number one in your life. What's your second priority in life? And we, we, we miss this one. We, we, we stumble over this one. We go to something else. My job, my, my, my wife, my children. No, 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 no. If God's number one in your life, your second priority must be you. You. You got to learn how to take care of yourself. Self-care. Mental health breaks are needful and necessary, particularly in this world we live in. Remember in Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus had put the silence, the Sadducees to silence, the Pharisees heard about that and they sent a lawyer to Jesus and say, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment of the law is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. What was the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, love yourself so you can love others. Yeah. 
You have to be number two. How can you really address your other priorities? Those priorities that are secondary and tertiary, so forth and so on, how can you really address them when you haven't addressed yourself? You've got to learn how to take care of yourself. So God's number one. Number two, you. You. You've got to learn how to love yourself, appreciate yourself. And then your third priority is your marriage and your family if you're married. And if you're not married, just a family. It's your spouse and your family. You see, if God's number one in my life, and I've really taken care of myself, now I have something to give my wife and my children. Come on. If I'm all broke down, all confused, all frustrated, all dis... dis that's a good word. Discobulated or whatever that word is. All you're doing is bringing your confusion to your relationship. All you're doing is bringing your frustration to your family. So your family, your spouse, and your family should be your third priority. So what is my fourth priority? I know some of you are anxious to say church, but it isn't. It's your job and your career. You know why it's your job and your career is your next priority? At your family? Because you need your job and your career to support your family. Huh? Last time I checked, you don't get paid for coming to church. Come on. I got to tell it. Like, I'm going to tell it straight. It's your job and your career. Then after your job and your career, it's church and ministry. Now you got something to give. You're in a position where you can minister to others. How are you going to minister to anybody when you haven't made God first in your life? How are you going to minister or preach the word to anybody when you're not even sure about who you are? How are you going to preach the word of God and tell people about the goodness of God when your marriage and your family is out of order? Paul told Timothy that in order to be an elder, you first had to be in order to be a manager in the house of the Lord, you had to be first a manager over your own family. You had to have your family in order. That's 1 Timothy chapter 3. And see, we get these priorities mixed up. Then after your, your job, your, 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 your church or your ministry, then other things, other people and other things. And what happens is when one priority is out of order, they all tend to be out of order. But when one priority is truly in order, beginning with God, then the goodness of that priority and that relationship, it cascades down. So my strength I receive from the Lord, I receive that for myself. And the strength I receive for myself, now I can give it to my wife. And the strength I receive from my wife, I can give it to my children. Now, when I come to church, I got something to give. But we got our priorities out of order. And all we got to do is stop and ask ourselves, are we putting first things first? Now, again, I haven't always been here. When I first started the ministry, I was a workaholic. 
My day was started around 6, 7 in the morning till 7, 8 at night. There was a time I was so busy in the ministry, I didn't have time to even cut my own grass at the house. My wife cut it, not because I asked her, but that was her way of trying to help out. Now, something wrong now. You're out preaching to everybody else, telling people about the goodness of God, but you can't take care of your own yard. And I sure didn't have money to hire it out. Something wrong with that picture. We came out of a ministry, my wife and I, that was seven days a week for the women, six days a week for the men. And you had to be there. You were expected to be there. That's how I got in trouble going to law school. When I should have been studying my law books, I was in church. I was in church. Monday night, men's broadcast. Tuesday night, service. Wednesday night, what was Wednesday night? For the women, choir rehearsal. Thursday night, service. Friday night, youth service. Saturday, another choir rehearsal. We came out of a church that was seven days a week for the women, six days a week for the men, and you were expected to be there. But in that church, many of, of the unsaved husbands complained about their wives, that their wives were neglecting them, neglecting the children, and neglecting the household. Needless to say, many of those marriages are now They've, they've divorced. They ended up in divorce, needless to say. And I'm telling you, Jesus is teaching us something here. He says you got to learn how to put God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says all these things, all these things shall be added unto you. It was in the early 90s. I heard a very learned a very seasoned preacher, an old man of a preacher, experienced preacher, preached from this text, and I like the way he, he titled his message. When he read Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be unto you, he says, I want to talk to you about making the main thing the main thing. You get that? You got to make the main thing the main thing. We got to stop majoring in minors. We got to major in the majors. And then the minors got a way of taking care of themselves. Huh? So what does it mean? I, I, I probably won't have time to get through all of this. I'll pick it up next week. But what does it mean to seek ye first? the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. Now, Jesus has a reason for saying this. First of all, he said, don't, don't worry. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or say what are you going to drink or, or say, what should I put on today? Some of y'all went through that today. What, did I, what, what can I wear to church? Clothes. Clean clothes. That's, all the, that's the answer. Huh? We're not coming up here to style and profile. This ain't a style show. What can I wear? Clothes, clean clothes. He says, don't worry. 
Now, in verse 8 of this, I want you to get this. And this ought to give you confidence in your prayers. In verse 8 of this message, in chapter 6, Jesus says, For your heavenly Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. There's nothing I can talk to God about that he doesn't already know. And some of us approach God like, I got this need, I got this need. Like we're giving him a text, a fax, a 911 call. God already knows. And so when I talk to God, I can go with confidence. You know why a lot of us can't go with confidence? Because you never made him number one in your life. You got saved, maybe you got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, but did you ever make God number one in your life? Number one. So Jesus said, don't worry. He says, for after all these things, the Gentile seeks, in other words, unbelievers, those that are not in relationship with God. He says, for your heavenly Father knows of the things you have need of. He says, but, 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 just do this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, people, money, material things, personal goals, desires, all these things shall be added unto you. So how do you do that? Well, let me give, let me give you a little glimpse. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How can you do it if you don't really believe that God exists? That God is right here, right now. And he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It gets even better. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. The Lord says there through the prophet, the Lord says, but I, I, I know the thoughts that I have for you. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. In other words, to give you a future and a hope. Then you shall call upon me, God says, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. In other words, I will listen to you. I will listen to you because I already know about you. I know my thoughts for you, my plans for you. And it's not to do evil, but it's to do you good. Then you shall call upon me, God says, and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will listen to you. Huh? He says, you shall seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know why we can't really search for God with all our heart? We can't pray to God with all our heart. We can't worship God with all our hearts because we never made him number one. Then the Lord said in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed, blessed are they who do hunger and thirst at the righteousness, for they shall 
be filled. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst at the righteousness, for they shall be filled. Paul told the Romans that the kingdom of God is not just what you eat and what you drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. So I think the Lord is telling us we need to turn to God first for his help in every situation. Don't call mama first, call God. Don't call the pastor first, call God. You may call the pastor and you may not get him. But as the old folks say, Jesus is always on the main line. Huh? You turn to God first. You fill your thoughts with his desires. And then you want to emulate him in every pattern of living. You want to be an imitator of God. In other words, what would Jesus do? That's how you know you're making God first because you have God on your mind. Then you got to make up your mind, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to obey him in everything. Why? He is my everything. He is my number one. Glory to God. And so, I'll pick this up next week, but when your priorities are not straight, then you're not straight. When your priorities are messed up, you're messed up. You got to stop and put God first and watch what that does for you. And when you get built up in God, then you're going to be in a better position to be a better spouse, to be a better parent, to be a better friend, be a better worker, co-worker, huh? Just a better person overall because God's number one in your life. Let's vow very, very quickly here, and I'll pick this up next week. Father, thank you. Thank you that you know the things that we have need of even before we ask. Therefore, when we ask, we can ask in faith, knowing that you have promised to meet every need and that we're not to worry about what we shall eat and what we shall wear, what we shall drink, for you know that we have need of these things. So we ask you, Father God, teach us how to always Make you first, keep you first, seek you and your kingdom, and what it means to be righteous in God. And then you promise, you guarantee that you would add all these other things unto us. And so, Father, I thank you that you're adding, you're increasing. You're not subtracting and, and dividing, but you're adding and increasing. We're growing, we're walking with a closer walk with you. We're becoming more God-like in every way. We thank you for the peace that you give us because our priorities are in order. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor. 
proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.